Hello, the message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's Favorite House Canada. We pray that as you listen, God's light will flood your heart and transform you forever. Amen. Relevance, relevance, relevance. <laughs> you may not know the meaning of relevance, but for as many people as are shy or like to be private, you can't be private again. <laughs> That's one of the effects of relevance. You can't be private again. You know, how many of us read the devotional today? You know, if you read the devotional, we'll, you know, have an idea of what I'm talking about. And I pray that as God releases that grace, we will walk in the fullness of it. In the name of Jesus. But before we go into the word for today, I want to encourage all of us to yield to God. You know, um, if you know any great person, believers, very likely believe, I'm talking about believers now, go find out their stories. There is always a turning point. You know, and what I found out is what is required for the turning point for everyone is different. I pray that you will key into your own time. My own time <laughs> was condition. Hallelujah. My own time, when I say it was condition, it was, in fact, I thank God now that I went through what I went through at that time. Because That's what Bishop um, Oyedepo says, or I, I heard him say. He said, the effectiveness of a sacrifice is not in the volume, it's in the cost. That's what he meant. That's not the exact phrase. The effectiveness of a sacrifice is not the volume, it's the cost. So when you want to give God a seed and it's nothing like it's, Of course, it's good, and it seems that there's nothing contending. That's good. But when you want to give God a seed, and there are things contending that are important, that's cost. That's why the psalmist says, I will not give to my God that which cost me nothing. The guy could have used his friends to build the temple, but he says, No, people wanted to donate. He said, Okay, bring it, but I must do something. I pray God we open our eyes to see in the name of Jesus. The people around your life that God has destined for you to lift up. That person in Nigeria or in Caribbean or wherever that wants to come to Canada and they've been reaching out to you and saying, please, they want to stay in your house to just land and you stop picking their call. <laughs> you know yourselves. You know, you to be able to justify it. <laughs> See, that's what I'm telling you. You know, that's where we miss it a lot of times. A lot of times, you think it's done by seed. For some people, it's service. That person has been calling you and saying, you know what? All they need for you is not material. It will just take a lot from you to help them. One thing I've learned about God is God's ways are not our ways. As a church, when we're going to start, you know, for the first few people that came, 
from outside Canada and landed in Canada, you notice that we had a program where we sent someone to pick you up. In fact, I was picking up people personally who take you to the bank and do those things. There was a process before that. There was a process before that. What was the process? I've shared it a couple of times. Some of our family friends, my wife's friend and her husband, when we came to Canada, they were moving houses. And that's in my life back then. So God changed me. God was even preparing me for ministry, I believe. It was part of it. And God told me clearly, because I wanted to dodge. I, did, I, didn't, I didn't want to, I just kept quiet. Oh, you are moving. Ah, that's really good. Okay. Also, you get movers. I said, yeah, I'm working on that. And I felt God say, offer your service. So my mother said, God, move a whole house. And God says, offer your service. And I reached out to them. And in my mind, I'm like, at least when I go there, there will be movers and all those people. So I called. I said, bro, don't, I'll be there to support you guys tomorrow. He said, fantastic. So we don't even need movers again. I said, eh. I worked that day from 9 a.m. till about 11 p.m. They have some, you know, some very wicked desk. In my mind, I'm like, who put it there? How did you assemble this thing? We carried everything. We drove. We got there. As I was leaving, I said, God, thank God, finally. I said, bro, please, tomorrow morning, we have money. <laughs> <sighs> ah, okay. And I didn't know God was preparing me for something. But don't worry, if I helped you move your house, I didn't feel like that. I know a couple of people I helped you move. By that time, I had gained capacity. <laughs> you know, because I don't think anybody's house can be like those people's house. What I went through. You know, because they moved. Even things they didn't need, they moved. But thank God for where we are today. And it was a process God was taking me through. The process of service. So I don't know if I'm speaking to someone here today. For some people, that thing that will cause the shift in your life may be a service. For some people, get the shift, get the sacrifice God wants from you. Guess, can you imagine? Forgiveness. God will help you to <laughs> listen to his voice in the name of Jesus. Let's move on quickly. So relevance, relevance, relevance. I want you to open your heart and continue to brood on the things we are going to talk about. God says he's releasing the grace of relevance. And I'm like, okay, relevance. And he says, don't you know that when you talk about access, when you talk about lifting, one of the byproducts is relevance. One of the byproducts is because if it is, you become a force to reckon with one of the byproducts is people that looked at you and thought you were nobody begin to see something different. And I said, Father, we accept it. And I thank God because I know he has deposited that grace in your life. In the name of Jesus. We are going to be looking quickly at some Bible characters, some people in the Bible that got, you know, that from nothing, they became something. One thing I've seen about God is it delights in choosing people that people look down on. So you may be here today and nobody's looking down on you. Don't worry, you still qualify. I remember going, growing up, my dad used to, I don't know, he used to struggle with pampering his children too much. Do you know why? Because of David. The children that they pamper too much, they can turn out like David's brother, like 
it's like because he told me because he he he, he will share stories of himself. My dad once worked at somebody's house, boy. So he tell me how the person's children, he will even drive the person's children. They are his cousins. His cousins. And he would drive the children. So, growing up, there is nothing. If I'm that disciplined also more that I used to, from people that I used to hear that my father is wealthy, I didn't know. You know that kind of thing. Where you go, people say, oh, you are the son of that man. And I'm saying, which man? You sit down and someone will be doing something for you. We used to wash tank. The overhead tank of the house with sparagera in it. I told you guys, when I started working in my father's company back then, I was the driver. I drove for one year. It was teaching us something. He just didn't want by any chance that any of his children would be disadvantaged by level of by, by, by reason of privilege. And a lot of times I struggled with that. I was like, why? You know, but the more I look at scriptures, the more I say, God, help us to be wise. What kind of children are we raising? Let me ask you a question. God forbid bad thing. You build, build a big empire. Can you leave it to your children at the age of 25? Have you ever thought about it? You know, a lot of times, because we are so used to the way we think, we don't think, we don't think, how do I call it? I don't think we think big enough. So if you think big, God releases you into your destiny. He builds something through you. Look at the way you are bringing up your children. Picture them in the next, 20, in the next maybe 10, 15 years. Will you be comfortable to leave everything you have with them? Can they manage it? Are they used to so much comfort that when they get it, they continue living in comfort? I have some friends that if they did they finish um, university, they lived in, they started living in Ekoyi, I mean places that cost a lot of money and their jobs were regular jobs. So the place they were living, the salary was, the annual salary was like one quarter of their rent. But it's lifestyle, it's what they are used to anyway. I don't know why I'm diverting. Relevance. May God help us in the name of Jesus. So the first person we are going to be talking about is Jephthah. Now there's something amazing about Jephthah. Jephthah's mother. <laughs> Let's read the story. <laughs> you know, so you won't say I'm the one that said it. She was worse than a side chick. She was worse than a side chick. Who was Jephthah's mother? Prostitute. Jephthah's mother was a prostitute. So something happened. I'm just going to summarize it. We won't read it. Let me put up the scripture, Pastor Tayo. We can write it down for your knowledge. Judges 11, 1 to 8. So Jephthah's mother had Jephthah. Guess what? As he grew up, his brothers threw him out. And he left. You know, he was thrown out on the streets. And what did he do? He got together and got some band of hooligans. Touts. For those of us that are from Nigeria, Adbero. You know one guy that's going around Nigeria now campaigning, doing a lot of things. That's how Jephthah was. And the Bible says, 
When the people came under attack, what did they do? They went to Jephthah. What amazed me about this story of Jephthah is out of all the things they could have bargained with with Jephthah, do you know they could have said other things? Let's look at it. It says, the other said, come and be our commander. Help us fight the Ammonites. I'm reading from verse, um, I think verse, two, verse 7, verse 8. He said, the elders said to Jephthah, help us fight the um, Ammonites. But Jephthah said to them, aren't you the ones who hated me and drove me from my father's house? Why do you come to me now that you are in trouble? And they answered, because we need you. The elders replied, if you lead us in battle against the Ammonites, we will make you ruler over all the people of Gilead. So I don't know who you are today that in your family... People have looked down on you like, this one is the bad sheep. This one cannot achieve anything. I pray in the name of Jesus that that grace, <laughs> that grace that distinguished Jephthah, Jephthah that was thrown out, that grace will be upon you in the name of Jesus. You will be relevant in the name of Jesus. Another person is David. David was a classic example of someone. How can they come to someone this house and say, want to anoint your children? I mean, show, show me your children. And the man brought all his children and forgot a child. Is that possible? And you are looking, how many children does he even have? He's not even 18 like my grandfather. My grandfather has 18 children. And he knows all of them. So my mind, I'm like, how did Jesse pick all his children and forget David? That means David was very inconsequential. But let's look at what the scripture says in the book of 1 Samuel 6. 10 to 13. It says, in the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied. <laughs> but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to it until it arrives. At that moment, David became important. So I don't know, you know, a lot of times, even beyond family, even amongst our, our circle, have you been in circles where people have looked down on you, where you've been the least important? Anybody? Is there anyone that's been in circle where you've been the least important? Dimsy, thank you so much for your honesty. Thank you, Moyo. Ah, that, that, there's a problem then. So you're only moving with people that you are better than. But you know that's what it means. Uh-uh. I think another thing is pride. Pride. A little pride. <laughs> There's a little pride in all these things they are saying. Pride. So really, you have to say, no, I'm not the least. I'm but Jide is, uh-uh. I'm better than Jide now. You know, there are times that people around us will look at us and say, this one, hmm, no. If they are doing the venture, the one they need to go and do a shabby. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, no, but... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, no, this guy is capable, very resourceful. Okay, be, we'll market everybody. I don't know if you have friends like this. You, know, you get what I'm trying to say? Hey, people like today, I know. No, I'm not saying it's wrong. You see, it's just an example. Don't get emotional. <laughs> it's just an example. But what I'm just saying is, your friends have looked at you and said, you know, this guy. Some people, is a family. Sometimes your parents, they can't even help it. When they look at you and all your siblings, they will look at. Eh? You'll be the one in charge of a drink during party. You know that's the worst place to be. 
Yes. <laughs> when there's party, ah, no, this guy, Ejekoshe, drinks. Sorry that for my language. Let him be in charge of the drinks. He's honest. <laughs> ah, that has ended in the name of Jesus. What was that? The council should be in charge of the treasury of the party. He should be in charge of the setting up, the protocol at this. Sitting guest, uh-uh, you'll not be there in the hot sun with the cold drink. <laughs> but look at David. That is, if you look at his life, it's something similar like the sheep and the goat. My question is, what are his brothers doing? But he now became the one that they couldn't sit down till he comes. And the funny thing, if you go read that story well, someone said, don't sit down till David comes, Right? Bible says when David came, he told them, arise. You don't get it. Okay, you get it on Wednesday. Someone said, don't sit down. We are not going to sit down till David comes. Now David came. And he said, arise. My question was, they not standing. Yes! He was smelling like ram. I don't know who has looked down on You know, maybe most of us here, I don't know, maybe God has really helped us. We have never been the one people have looked down on. We have never been the least among our circle. So you may not relate. But even if you can't relate, God will still lift you up in Jesus' name. What God will do, maybe what God will do first, he will first take you to a circle where you'll be the least. Then he'll not lift you. No, you have to understand it. How you know that? Then you won't appreciate it. You will not appreciate it. So let me see. If you've ever been a place that you've been the least, let me see your hand. Ah, see <laughs> May God help us as Christians. Ah, ah, God have mercy. In the name of Jesus. So let's quickly, let's go to Joseph. Joseph's own was, you know, ah, the story of Joseph. A lot of us read the story of Joseph and we just take it out. Joseph came from prison, from, from prison to the palace. That's what we talk about. We don't talk about the huge level of forgiveness. Let me ask you a question. If you were Joseph, your brother first wanted to kill you. Do you know, at the time when they had cornered him, they put him, before they kill him first, then one of them, was Ruben and I said, no, don't let's do that. We can put him in the pit. Ruben's plan was that we will come in the evening to come and steal him and save him. But they said, okay, they put him in the pit. Later, they saw some uh, traders passing and they took David and sold him. I'm sorry, Joseph, and sold him. Now, let me ask you a question. If a lot of us were Joseph, we'll be praying for the time God will take us to the palace so that we can show for God's power to our enemy. And the God's power we want to show is not God's power, it's our power. Listen, you need to learn from the story of Joseph today. Some healing is going to take place in your heart today. Because for some people, what has been hindering you from getting the fullness of what God has for you is your mindset. In your subconscious, you may deceive me and say, no, pastor, it's not true, but it's true. The reason why you are saying God lift me up is so that, ah, for those people... Yes. That when I go, I will even talk. I will not talk. I will just walk. You know, it's very common. Okay. My say it's common with this. Don't let me say anything. Let's move on. Anyway, the Bible says in Genesis 37 verse, it says, this is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers. The sons of his fathers were Bilal and Zilpha. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. So Joseph said, he had, 
He was putting his brothers in trouble. Anyway, let's move on to verse 26 to 28. He said, Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? We have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he's our brother, our own flesh and blood. Judah likes money. Because it's not as if he was really compassionate about Joseph. It's not as if he was really compassionate. It was Reuben that was compassionate. He said, he's our own brother, but let's sell him. And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites who were Midianite traders came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him for 20 pieces of silver. And the traders took him to Egypt. Ah, for as many people as have betrayed you and sold you, I pray God will give you the grace to forgive. I'm not praying that God will punish them. I know if I say God will punish them, the amen will be louder. God will give you the grace to forgive. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now what is amazing about the story of Joseph it's beyond the prison to palace. In fact, it's almost beyond even the forgiveness. There's something else that happened in that story. Let's read it quickly. Verse 12 to 20, Genesis 45, 12 to 20. It says, then Joseph added, look, I can see for yourselves. Look, you can see for yourselves. So can my brother Benjamin. I am really Joseph. This was when Joseph um, exposed himself to them and told them that who he was. Go tell my father of my honored position here in Egypt. Describe for him everything you have seen. And then bring my father here quickly. Weeping with joy, he embraced Benjamin. And Benjamin did the same. Then Joseph kissed each of his brothers and wept over them. What a depth of forgiveness. And after that, they began, to talk, they began talking freely with him. Now listen, this is where I'm taking us to. The news soon reached Pharaoh's palace. Joseph's brothers have arrived. Pharaoh and his officials were all delighted to hear this. Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, this is what you must do. Load your, animal, your pack animals and hurry back to the land of Canaan. Then get your father and all of your families and return here to me. I will give you the very best, in, uh, very best land in Egypt and you will eat from the, land, from the best that the land produces. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, take wagons from the land of Egypt to carry your little children and your wives and bring your father here. Don't worry about your personal belongings for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. In the name of Jesus Christ, because of the grace of relevance upon your life, your family members will have access to Canada. Amen. You know, there is a level you get to that. You know, I don't know what, I don't even know what goes on in the world. You know that some people are friends to the ambassador. You know, people can write notes to the ambassador for you. You don't know that. You don't know that happens. Like in Nigeria, someone wants to go to for embassy for a UK visa appointment. Someone that is a friend to the ambassador, British, maybe British High Commissioner, whatever, can actually tell, oh, my younger brother is going to do this thing. And that one can make, you don't know it happens. You don't know. Are you aware, there's this professor, I can't remember his name, that God lifted him so much in Canada that his mom, they had denied his mom's visa so many times. I read the guy's story. So he presented somewhere, and while at the presentation, it was, it was with the, I think the chancellor or the ambassador or something, and he, while they were talking, he just told him that, oh, my mom, you know, they've been re re um, refusing her visa. That's why she hasn't been able to come. The guy said, what? And they sent visa officers from Lagos to Kwara State to get her biometrics, and they gave her the visa. Yes, uh, Adesan, yeah, yeah. I, I think, well, Adesan, Adesan, yeah. I read the guy's story. Unfortunately, the guy, I think he died in a, in a plane crash or something. But the thing is, because of Joseph, that's what Elivas does. Even his family was blessed in Egypt. 
They said Pharaoh ate. Joseph did not go and ask Pharaoh. They said he heard what was happening. And he said, go and bring your family. We'll give them the very best. Now, guess the amazing thing about it. When they came, when they came, Pharaoh did not know. Go read the story well. He didn't know what the occupation was. You know, Joseph, um, the family of Joseph, J Jacob and Co, they were, you know, they were uh, cattle leaders. They were like headsmen. And the Bible says that the Egyptians hated those people with a passion. So when they got to Egypt, Joseph told them that when he asked for a profession, just tell him what you do. Tell him you are elders, and the land they want to give you is not really good. That you prefer Goshen. Goshen was the land that they could take their cattle on. Now the Bible says when they went to Pharaoh, they told him, and Pharaoh said, not a problem. He gave them the land of Goshen and the lands around it for them to go with their cattle. So they became like the approved headsmen in Egypt. Just because of who? Joseph. I don't, so for someone that is going through their prison now, or their pit situation, be patient. When God brings you out of it in his own way, you know, at this time I asked myself, how do you think Joseph will have felt? Would you think he will be remembering the suffering he suffered in the prison? Yes, he can remember, but he won't remember the pain. So I always tell people that are in pain that, yes, it's for a while. When this pain is over, you will only be able to talk about it. You can't remember there was a time I was trying to, you know, I told you guys about one gemstone I bought. I traveled way to Nigeria to go and get it. It was special. And when I sent it to Austria, when they told me the price, I cried. I mean, I expected so much. But they were going to pay me 120, like 1 over 20 of my expectation. So one time I just taken a bit in my house recently. And I was trying to remember the pain, the feeling. I couldn't feel it. I said, why were you crying? But at that time I cried in the toilet. I shut the door. I was crying like a baby. So you only tell the story. Am I not saying the story? Am I crying? If you see me crying now, I'm happy. Oh. <laughs> so that's it. So Joseph was in a different place. And because of Joseph, his family was lifted. Because of you, your family will be lifted. In the name of Jesus. Imagine Joseph, for Joseph did not look at what his brothers had done to him. I pray God will give you a heart of forgiveness in Jesus' name. You will forgive. Those people that have wronged you, God wants, the Bible said, he set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I know our culture doesn't allow us to eat with our enemies. So you say, let them be watching from afar. But what does Jesus say? What does he say we should do to our enemies? Eh? Apart from that, love them, love your enemies. God, we help us in the name of Jesus. And finally, before we round up, there were two other guys I want to talk about in the New Testament. One of them is very popular, Paul. You know, I always tell, you know, there, there are a few people that I've spoken to, and when I minister Christ to them, I always feel this vibe of, can God really accept me? Can God really forgive my sins? I've really done bad stuff. And what I ask them is, how many people have you killed? They say, Pastor, I've not killed anybody. Oh. How many Christians have you killed? I've not killed anybody. I'm like, like, have you heard of a guy called Paul? Or some of them, they've heard some of them. Then I tell them the story of Paul. And by the time I'm done with the story, a lot of them are ready to give their lives to Christ. Because they now believe that God can change them. That God can forgive them. Paul was a killer of Christians. He personally took the crusade up. And God, by the time God was going to change him around, 
it's unbelievable that Paul wrote 13 out of the 27 books of the New Testament. 13. 13 out of 27. Until today, we are all talking about Paul. I mean, I'm just, why is it that people now talk so much about Paul than Peter? I'm asking you guys a question. Why? Eh? Why? Relevance, right? Have you noticed that you talk more about Paul than Peter? Well, Peter was, Jesus says, on this rock will I build my church. How come we always talking Paul, 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 Paul? People who have actually, who don't want to be like in the Bible? You never even say Paul because he suffered. But if I say, what, what, what do you want to be like? What kind of anointing? How do you want to walk your ministry? Say Paul. God will give you the grace to be relevant in the name of Jesus. Paul had an encounter with Jesus. And that encounter changed his life. Listen to me. You have had an encounter with Jesus. Then apart from that, God chose you. So you need to understand that and be comfortable in the fact that you will be relevant. For some people, I see them struggle with it. I see them shy away from it. I see them wanting to have, you know, let me just, just stay in my shadow. But God has a higher purpose for you. It is beyond you. It is for his glory's sake, for his name's sake. It's so that the world will know about him. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that we will yield ourselves in Jesus' name. Finally, Peter and John. Amazing guys. Amazing guys. The Bible says in the book of Acts 4.13, it says the council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John. These guys were fishermen. You know what we fishermen are? And back in the day, fishermen are quote-unquote illiterates. So they said, they said, especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who had never had religious training. Then they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with them. The world will understand the effect Jesus Christ has on you in the name of Jesus. People will look at you and be like, this shy person, this timid person, how come you become so bold? How come you can now talk about, how come you are now free? How come you are now who you want to be? You know, some people are comfortable with you being cowed down. There are people in your circle that are with you because they feel they can manipulate you. From today, things will begin to change. In the mighty name of Jesus. At the time God was telling me to even teach on no. The topic of the message was going to be no. Learn how to say no. For anybody, I don't know who understands what I'm saying today. For some of us, our challenge in life has been we don't know how to say no. I've entered trouble, I've entered police station because I couldn't say no. I was locked up. One policeman slapped me. Hot slap. I had migraine for two days. Man, I was just looking at the guy's hand. I'm like, this, that's, you are a dead human being. There's no blood in this your hand. I want to kill somebody. I can't, and just because I couldn't say no, I landed in police station. I still remember that slap. <sighs> it is well. My point is this. God will give you boldness. The people in your lives that you know have been manipulating you, you'll be able to stand up to them. When you need to say no, you will say no. See, enough of putting your life on hold for people that are using you. Do you know why? There's no blessing in it. Don't deceive yourself. Ah, I'm sacrificing for my friends. There is nothing. Show me the Bible. There's no blessing. That time, go and give you it to do something for the poor and give to the poor. Then that will be recognized. Go and use it to serve God. 
So stop thinking in your niceness. Don't, do you know why? Because when you do that, then you're already receiving your validation. And validation itself is the blessing you're receiving. So you're nice to friends. You're saying, you don't want to say no, so they'll be happy. Yeah, they're happy. That's the result. That's the reward for you. From today, you will begin to take your place. In the name of Jesus, everyone that, are, that is in your life that is taking advantage of you, God will expose them. And God will give you the boldness to stand up to them. There are people amongst us that, there are these friends you have, Anytime you are amongst them is when you sin. They are the link to the sin that easily besets you. You know, when relevance, when God wants to make you relevant, there are some stations you need to leave. There are places you need to start walking. And listen, as you get on this journey, you need to take note that not everyone will be comfortable with it. Not everyone will be comfortable with it. Favor is not fair. You need to get used to it. You know, while I was praying with this Olum um, I was telling, sharing with you how myself and a friend in another country, there's something we want. That friend is even a resident of that country. We will apply to the same email address, to the same company. And they will revert and they will tell me, oh, come, this, this day we will take. And that person will call me and say, have you heard? Though? This is one month. I've not heard. And I heard the next day. I got approved the next day. The person, one month. And it is not once, not twice, not three times. What I've understood is that when God is with you, with other people, people will begin to feel uncomfortable around you. I pray God will give you friends that have capacity. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says, iron sharpness iron. If you are iron and you are with phone, let's bow down and begin to talk to God. Father, we thank you. Just begin to say thank you, Lord, for the grace to be relevant. Thank you, Lord, for the grace to be relevant. Thank you for that grace that has been released upon us. Thank you, Lord, for your word that is life. Thank you, Lord God Almighty, for choosing me. I want to say, Father, thank you for choosing me. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for choosing me. God chose you. You did not choose him. Thank you for choosing me. Listen to me. Amongst us, people will go into politics in this land of Canada. And they will excel. Not because people will like you. Because God is with you. In the name of Jesus. For as many people, that, I don't know how many people have that desire, you know. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just want to pray with you. If you've ever had the interest of, of politics, of, of being a change agent, of being, you know, in government to, to, to you know, to serve the people. While we bow down, I just raise up your hand. I want to quickly just say a word of prayer with you. And that prayer is just for God to make his purpose fulfilled in your life. It's for God to open your eyes and to see clearly to lead you on the path in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray concerning this, your children. Today, the grace of relevance has been released. Lord, I pray for the grace of political relevance for these ones. Lord, that from today, as they begin the journey to actualize the vision you have for them, the journey to actualize the purpose you have for them, I know, Lord, that service is not the, the, is not the goal of everybody. Not everyone is cut out for it. But these ones have identified themselves as having that desire, as having that seed to serve the people. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that your grace will rest upon them. That the relevance that has been released upon their lives will begin to push them. That relevance will open doors for them. That where you have destined for them, if Jesus tarries, they will get there. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Perhaps you are here and you've never given your life to Christ or you are no longer in tune with God. I'm sorry to say you can't really be a beneficiary of this relevance. 
The people I pray for are people that are connected to God because it is God that gives this grace of relevance and he gives it to his children. So perhaps you've been saying amen all this time, but you're not connected to God. I want to give you an opportunity to be connected so that you can begin to walk in this relevance. There's something that happened in the lives of the people we spoke about. This thing is called encounter. They knew God. They encountered God at some point in their lives and their story changed. So I want you to just use the opportunity right now, wherever you may be, to just raise up your hands to God. I'm just going to say a quick word of prayer with you and the God of heaven will accept you to himself. So just say after me, Lord Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you for, for, for the, 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 the salvation of my soul that is so precious to you. Thank you for releasing that gift to me. Thank you for calling me forth. Thank you for shedding your blood for my sins. Thank you for not leaving me. Thank you for not forsaking me. You are the one that doesn't leave the one behind. Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask that you will accept me. Your word says, whoever comes to you, you shall in no wise cast away. I have come to you today, Lord Jesus. Please accept me. I'm ready to start a new journey. I'm ready to start a new walk. I'm ready to start afresh. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because you have heard me. It's mighty name. Father, I say thank you for your children. For as many people in their homes or wherever they may be that have raised up their hands to the Lord, I ask that you will accept them. The Bible says that if any man that is in Christ is a new creature, all things have passed away, all things have become new. As they begin this new work with you, Lord, I pray that you will make all things new, that every area of their lives that need your touch will receive your touch, that their work with you will be effortless. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Lord, I pray that the relevance that has been released upon each and every one of us will not be mismanaged. That even as we begin to walk in the relevance, Lord, we will see as we ought to see. We will hear as we ought to hear. Our lives will be a blessing to other people. We will not be bullies. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let somebody shout hallelujah.